BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great tasting all natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a winning edition, and what a win it was. Hornets defeat the defending world champion Golden State Warriors in overtime, 120-113 on night two. Two of a back-to-back, an exceptional win. We'll break it down for you and talk about how impressive this three and three start to the season really is. Three and three—it's the definition of five hundred. But when and where and what health you have when you pick up your wins and your losses does matter. And I would argue that the Hornets are about as impressive as you can be for a 500 team. Helping me out on all of these topics, he's my producer on the Hornets Radio Network as well as the producer of this fine podcast, Rob Longo. Rob, thanks for joining me. Hornets, huge win, 120-113 to 113 over the Golden State Warriors. Too many outstanding performers to name, but just, just briefly, I think what's so impressive about this win, you know, the circumstances being night two of a back-to-back after getting blown out by 20, and it honestly wasn't even that close, against Orlando on the road the night before to bounce back from that situation and put forth the kind of effort offensively and defensively the Hornets did uh, speaks to the character of this team and uh, just what they are capable of as we look ahead down the road. Well, and the thing that I think gets a little lost in this, and it shouldn't, is the fact that, once again, the Hornets did not have LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, and Cody Martin. And again, I understand that you don't want to harp on that or dwell on it when you don't have your guys in the lineup, but at the same time, I mean, 
I think that just kind of really makes this win even more impressive, especially the fact that you're shorthanded and it's on the second night of a back-to-back after a really disappointing loss in Orlando the night before. I'm not saying it's remarkable, but it's a really impressive win. I mean, the Hornets just came out and they played really physical. Again, I mentioned it at halftime when we were talking together, getting ready for the third quarter was it wasn't quite bully ball because I don't think you can play bully ball in the NBA anymore, but they took it to him. They took the body to him. They played very physical. Steve Kerr, after the game, even said that the team just, it's really difficult flying across the country. I understand that, but how many times did Golden State fly across the country last year in the finals against Boston? I know they shortened those series down a little bit, but you know it's not like this wasn't foreign territory for Golden State. So the fact that the Hornets were able to just get up for this game, be highly motivated, I knew they were going to be motivated after Friday night's loss, but to take it to this level and the resiliency they showed was just phenomenal. And the start they got off to, too, because I mean at one point the Hornets were doubling up Golden State 14-7 three minutes into the game, and they were 6-6 six six from the field. So they set the tone early. They controlled the tempo, and of course Golden State was going to make a run at some point. It happened to come in the third quarter because the Warriors historically are just so good in the third quarter, so it was kind of expected that it was going to happen. Obviously, you didn't want it to be at a 33-18 to disadvantage, which is what Golden State was able to do, but the Hornets able to come back in that fourth quarter and force overtime, and here we are talking about a win. Not to fast forward through the first three quarters, because it was important, clearly. Every moment in the game matters, and that would really honestly fast forward through Gordon Hayward's another top-notch contribution, 23 points, two rebounds, four assists, plus nine in the plus-minus. A really good day for him, shooting 50% from the floor, six of seven from the free-throw line. He was Wrong. But, you know, inevitably this game came down to the final minutes. The Hornets had an early lead, gave it up in the third quarter. Uh, they were down by four points with a minute left and were able to execute down the stretch and in overtime to the tune of outscoring the Golden State Warriors 17-6. to And this is clutch time, crunch time against a seasoned championship-quality team that for the most part has all their pieces. I know Dante DiVincenzo wasn't available. Would he have played? Probably. He would have factored in to the rotation, but he's not a part of the championship squad. Andre Iguodala is, but you know how much of a difference does that really make? Not as much as LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, and Cody Martin do to the Charlotte Hornets. So this is just a huge, huge win. Hornets again outscoring the Warriors 17 to 6 in the final 6 minutes of the game and they went in front for good on this huge bucket from Jalen McDaniels. Dennis Smith Jr. gives to Jalen McDaniels, fires for 3. Yes sir! Spectrum Center erupts as Jalen McDaniels drills yet another Lowe's drilling 3 bucket. McDaniels ends up with 12 points, 10 rebounds. That triple put them up for good. Huge win for the Hornets after the game. Head coach Steve Clifford speaking with the media. Great. I mean, and a bunch of guys obviously played well. A bunch of guys made plays. Uh, you know, Jalen hit the big three, right? Dennis had a huge drive. Uh, PJ had a lot of uh, big baskets in the, at the end of the fourth and in the overtime. And, uh, but... Uh, our defense, you know, this was our best defensive effort, I thought. Uh, uh, Mason, uh, in terms of, like, what he did with his team defense, how much he clogged up the lane, uh, I thought Gordon's defense was uh, terrific. And uh, we had some other guys that were good, but obviously Dennis Smith's defense tonight was just, you know, uh, you know, I mean, he, for this league, just about as good as it gets. It really was. And, you know, Steph Curry, his main assignment, Dennis Smith Jr.'s, did go for 31 points, was just a hair above his NBA 
season average thus far, but how hard Steph Curry had to work to get those looks. And at the end of the day, that's really what it's all about, Rob. It's not so much can you lock someone down and keep them from scoring. It's how hard can you make it? Steph Curry is the greatest shooter that has ever lived. He's going to make three-point shots. I think he's made like a three in like almost 200 consecutive games, and another NBA record he holds when it comes to shooting the basketball. But he didn't have a lot of easy looks. He had a tough time getting to his spots, getting open. Uh, it's not an accident that he was 3 of 13 from beyond the arc. A lot of that was Dennis Smith Jr. making his life difficult. So a great win here for the Hornets, 120 to 113. We could go on and on about this one, and we will. But coming up next, we'll pick stars of the game. That's next here on the Hornets Hivecast. I get allergy care from the doctors at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates who know how to treat me, not just my symptoms. Now that my allergies are under control, I can ride my bike whenever I want, just like I did as a kid. Senta offers allergy testing and a wide range of treatment in North and South Carolina. Play like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you. A winning edition of the HHC as the Hornets take down the defending world champion Golden State Warriors 120 to 113. Couple of notes here for you, Rob. Coming into this one, my focal point for, you know, really where the Hornets needed to excel, they needed to win in the paint, and they did to the tune of 54 to 48. So, just below the the margin of the victory. They also did a really good job getting to the foul line. Some of that was some silly fouls early in a quarter by Golden State, but at the end of the day, the Hornets were the more aggressive team, and they were rewarded by going to the line. But this is the Golden State Warriors, the Splash Brothers, the best three-point shooting team ever, the one that changed the game. And to this point in the season, up until last night, if Golden State had made more threes than their opponent, they were undefeated. If they were tied or below the three-point total of the opposition, they were winless. Last night, Hornets made 10 threes, shot 32%, not bad, shot a better percentage than the Warriors, but the Warriors made more. They made 13. Hornets still find a way to win. It's time to pick our stars of the night in this winning edition. Rob Longo, you get to go first. So with all of that said, based off of the three-point shooting and more specifically the Hornets' defense, I have to go with Dennis Smith Jr. Not only because of the defense, but because of the offense that he was able to supply as well. Dennis Smith Jr. will attack. Gets all the way to the rim, up in the lane. It's good! Dennis Smith Jr. has tied it up. 107 apiece. So DSJ drove there with 24 seconds on the clock. And at that juncture of the game, I was talking to Will Pelagic here in our network studios as he was getting ready for WFNZ's postgame show. And in that time span, there was probably, I think, about 38 seconds left on the clock when the Hornets started that possession. And as they came up, I wanted them in my mind to press a little bit because I wanted them to get a two for one because you don't want Steph Curry to take the last shot of the game. DSJ drives. He ties the game at 107 with about 23.8 seconds, give or take. But either way, the shot clock was off. So now Steph Curry comes down and he has a chance to win the game. And when he comes down, you can tell that ball is not leaving his hand. And Dennis Smith Jr. made his life hell on that possession. And DSJ stuck to his guns, was sticking to him the whole way on that possession. Steph Curry barely even got a shot off at the buzzer because the defense was so tight by DSJ. He did such a great job on that possession. I can't talk about it enough. I know Coach Cliff talked about it after the game. P.J. Washington talked about it after the game. Kelly Oubre talked about it after the game. How good Dennis Smith Jr.'s defense was on that possession. It was just absolutely remarkable. 
I could talk about it for days. I know we only got about 30 minutes for this podcast, but that defensive possession was the stuff of legends by Dennis Smith Jr. It was. I, I have nothing to add. Perfect analysis. He was great. You know, he's one of the top 10 or was one of the top 10 players coming into the game. We'll see what it looks like tomorrow in steals per game in the NBA. He had zero steals last night and yet probably had his best defensive effort. And, and I said it in the postgame show, and I'll say it again here. You know, one of the great things about the NBA and sports in general is that even when you're playing the world's best, you give yourself an opportunity to be the best in that moment on that play. And Steph Curry is arguably the greatest point guard of all time. Uh, He's one of the top five or ten best players of all time, depending on what argument you want to make. He's certainly the best shooter of all time. He is undeniably great. But last night, Dennis Smith Jr., the the game-tying bucket at the end of regulation, he took Steph Curry off the dribble, and he won that matchup offensively. Then defensively had to lock him up for 23.1 seconds and did it. It made him put up a desperation heave at the buzzer. Really, almost no chance. If it were not Steph Curry, we'd say there was no chance, but it's Steph Curry. Exactly, exactly. And one more thing to add on really quickly was Steph Curry at halftime yesterday, 4 for 8 from the field, 0 for 4 from beyond the arc. Again, a big part because of Dennis Smith Jr.'s defense. Dennis Smith Jr., a, a perfect pick. I will take P.J. Washington, who was equally great last night in the clutch and overall the game's leading scorer with 31 points. Pick and roll with Gordon Hayward. Now he's matched up. Down low. P.J. Washington reverse lane. It's good! P.J., what a finish! 29 for P.J. Washington. 45 seconds left. Hornets by five. P.J. Washington ended up with a game-high 31 in the win, 13 for 23 from the floor. He was just so good about maximizing his matchups in the paint. If he was matched up with Kevon Looney, he was taking him off the dribble. When he got matched up with smaller players, Clay Thompson and the like, he was backing down and having strong post moves. And as big as Dennis Smith Jr.'s bucket was to tie the game, it doesn't matter if P.J. Washington doesn't make it a two-point contest. The, the game was it was a 107-103 score in favor of Golden, uh, of Golden State. That is the point in which the Hornets went on the 17-6 run, and it started with P.J. Washington. They draw up a play to get a switch, get P.J. on the blocks against Klay Thompson, arguably one of the 75 best players in the history of the game, certainly in the top 76, and P.J. won the matchup. He just won it in that one play. And then it goes down. He got some big rebounds. He got, I mean, he was clutch. He had a fantastic game 31 points, seven rebounds. My pick for star of the night. And there's so many you could choose from. Gordon Hayward, 23 points. Mason Plumley was on pace for a triple double at halftime. He ends up with six points, nine boards, seven assists. Kelly Oubre Jr., 18 points, a plus 10 in the plus minus. Jalen McDaniels, that huge three, 12 points, 10 rebounds, a double double for him off the bench. Tao Maladon had three points. He was a positive in the plus minus. And guys like Nick Richards and James Booknight filling in off the bench, giving quality run as well. A great, great win here for the Hornets. They take it 120-113 to over Golden State, improved to 3-3. Three and three. In fact, both teams are now 3-3. Three and three. And if you look across the NBA, there's a lot of teams within a game of 500 one way or the other. But I would argue, it is the Hornets Hivecast or Hornets Team Podcast, but I would argue the Hornets 3-3 three and three is more impressive than any other team's. I'm going to have to give some evidence to that, so I will after this quick break. You're listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta. 
Hornets fans, make sure you download the Hornets app this season for an enhanced game day experience. The Hornets app is your home for the game day digital program with all the information on your favorite team and giveaways every game day. You'll also find predictive games, mobile food ordering, and even a wallet for your NFTs. Download the Hornets app today. Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on a winning edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets defeat the Golden State Warriors 120-113. to Takes them to a 3-3 three and three record thus far on the season. Really impressive work here by Charlotte. And as uh, the dust settled last night, the Eastern Conference standings had the Hornets sliding up slightly. They began the day in ninth place with a 2-3 and three record. They ended last night in a tie for seventh with the Toronto Raptors at 3-3. Three and three. But I would argue, Rob Longo, that the Hornets' 3-3 three and three is more impressive than any other 3-3 three and three in the NBA. And I have evidence to back it up. Would you like to hear it? Sure, why not? I mean, what else are we going to talk about? I put it on the rundown, so that's that's what we're talking about. There are three teams in the NBA right now, as we record this, that are 3-3. and Golden State, your Hornets, and the Toronto Raptors. One of the reasons I think the Hornets is the most impressive is, one, where the games have been played. Golden State has played four of their six games at home. Toronto has played an even mix of home and road. Charlotte has played Four on the road, only two in the friendly confines of Spectrum Center. So from that vantage point, the Hornets, more road games, clearly that's a little bit more difficult. Home court advantage does mean something after all in the NBA. So Charlotte, I think, is more impressive. But even beyond that, the quality of competition, Hornets have had a really difficult stretch. I don't know that on paper it looked like that. I know when we were looking preseason at the month of October, we weren't looking at it as a murderer's row, what was starting at San Antonio and having a New Orleans team that was 10 games below 500 last year. Yeah, they, they look a lot better this year. We thought they would with Zion, but still, you know, they hadn't necessarily proven that they were an elite team just yet. Uh, the Knicks, not even a play-in team last year. Orlando had the number one pick in the draft for a reason. So we didn't look at this stretch and say, oh my gosh, the Hornets, are, there's no way they're going to win these games. But as it turns out, as we sit here recording this combined record of the six teams the Hornets have played so far 18 and 14 four of them are above 500 the fifth is Golden State the defending world champs and the only one that's not is the Orlando Magic at one and five so if you remove them from the equation the opponents are 17 and nine and three of those losses are at the hands of the Hornets that's pretty darn impressive well, and think about how much the Hornets have had to go on the road here, too. I mean, that's the other thing to, to take a look at. And I think any time that you're missing your starting backcourt and your sixth man from a year ago, the schedule is going to be a lot more difficult because you're not playing with a full deck of cards. So with all that said, what the Hornets have been able to accomplish here through the first six games of the season, yes, the Orlando loss was certainly disappointing. I think that's kind of in the rearview mirror now after last night's win against Golden State, or you certainly forget about it a lot easier. And then, you know, the Knicks game, that could have been kind of maybe a toss-up a little bit here or there. I still think that New Orleans is going to be a really good team. I still think that they're going to contend for a top-six position in the Western Conference this season. And then San Antonio has been a pleasant surprise with, despite everything going on there, you know, a lot of people thought they were going to be playing for ping pong balls and lottery chances this season, and they've kind of proved people wrong a little bit when you take a look at their records. So it's been a much more difficult record than I think a lot of us thought it would be. I mean, and then a lot of people thought that Sacramento would be a really strong opponent moving forward here as we take a look to Monday's game a little bit, but 
again, at the same time, Sacramento hasn't been able to put it together yet either when you look at their record as well. So what the Hornets have been able to do through six games with no LaMelo Ball, no Terry Rozier, and no Cody Martin, it's really hard to ask for more than 3-3 three and three at this point. There's only one team in the NBA that has a better record against opponents that are 500 or better. That's the Phoenix Suns. They are 4-1 on the year. All of their opponents have been... To this point, 500 or better. Charlotte right behind them at 3-2. and two. And you, you look at the other teams that have had to play five games against teams that are 500 or better to this point. The Philadelphia 76ers slow start for a reason. 2-4 and four against teams above 500. The majority of the games they played against teams that have good records. Similar for Miami. They're 2-3 and three against teams that are 500 or better. Orlando's 1-5. Phoenix is the only one that's really above water that's played that many. The other one would be New Orleans. They're 3-2. and two. But suffice it to say, if you want to be a playoff team, you kind of get there by dominating the little guys and holding serve against teams that are above 500. If you want to be a championship contending team, then you beat whoever you play whenever you play them. So I don't know that the Hornets are quite there yet, 3-2. and two. I don't think that's enough sample size to say definitively, yeah, the Hornets are going to win a championship based off how they performed against this high level of competition. But how they performed against this high level of competition leads me to believe there's a playoff team in there and how they begin to get rolling once LaMelo Ball comes back. Terry Rozier comes back. Cody Martin comes back. Hopefully they get a nice sustained stretch with the team healthy to prove how good they can be. And again, I understand it is a very, very, very small sample size, but when you take a look at the collective strength of schedule remaining for the Hornets, in theory, compared to the rest of the association, they have the third easiest schedule remaining. The, Are you on Tankathon already? Uh, sh- <laughs> don't, don't, don't ruin the surprise. But again, when you take a look at Tankathon, Charlotte's record against opponents for the next 76 games is a combined 482. So they're all below 500 in that theory. So I'm just pointing it out. 7% of the season, the books. Clearly, we have all the evidence we need to to know that the Hornets are, are going to reach their goals of not just making the playoffs. They'll be the one seed for all, for all we know. Really, tongue-in-cheek aside, Hornets, an impressive win last night over the Golden State Warriors, and the 3-3 three and three record itself, again, I think it's really impressive because the quality of competition the Hornets have played and where they've had to play them and the circumstances. Last night, night two of a back-to-back, not easy. Also an overtime game, not easy. Both those situations were really dreadful for an otherwise really strong Hornets. Think of it. The Hornets were 43 and 39 last year and were 11 games below 500 in night two of back to backs and 0 and 7 in overtime. Probably could have, should have been a 50 win team if they were even average or slightly below average in those two categories. The fact that they were so far underwater in those two and still finished 43 and 39 speaks to the level of talent on this team. And now, here in a new season, already on a, a better track, let's at least say, in those two categories. We'll talk more about that tomorrow when we get you ready for Hornets versus Sacramento Kings. We'll have our game preview. We'll have a couple of Halloween things that we insert into the podcast. Uh, Lots of fun for you tomorrow. Rob Longo, thank you as always for joining me here on this edition of the HHC. Thanks for having me. I had so much fun. Let's do it again tomorrow. That sounds like a plan. Thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. Hope you all have a great Halloween. For those of you who want to celebrate on the weekend, I know some of you with little ones might go a little trick-or-treating on a Sunday the 30th just to get a head start. Be safe. Have a great Halloween. And hey, if you don't have plans, come join us tomorrow at the Hive, Hornets versus Sacramento Kings for some Halloween hoops. Till next time, for Rob Longo and everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along. We'll talk to you tomorrow here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. 
For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.